welcome to our new podcast mini-series that focuses on growth in the U.S. environmental markets. So far, we have discussed the EPA's new NOx allowance program and expansion of emissions trading schemes, and today we'll discuss the expected growth in new low-carbon fuel standard programs. This podcast episode is brought to you by Argus Media, which, as many of you know, is a leading independent provider of energy and commodity pricing information. My name is Jessica Dell. I'm Senior Emissions Editor and West Coast Bureau Chief at Argus Media. With me today is Elliot Blackburn, our Senior LCFS Reporter based in Houston. Thanks, Jess. This last year has been one of expansions for new LCFS programs, with a few different regions and states looking to emulate California, Oregon, and British Columbia's programs to cut the carbon intensity of the transportation pool. Let's first dive into Washington State. Elliot, what can you tell us about what this new program will look like? Well, the bill directs the State Department of Ecology to launch a clean fuels program in 2023 and to cut the carbon intensity of transportation fuels by 20% by 2038. That is just slightly less aggressive than the original proposal of a 20% cut by 2035, but it was a final result of some compromises between the State House and Senate, and it's certainly ambitious enough to have made biofuel producers celebrate the passage as another home for their fuel in the future. And will this LCFS be similar in structure to the programs that we are now familiar with in California and Oregon? Yes, the new program will be similar to the LCFS mandates already in place, which issue credits to fuels that beat the annual carbon intensity targets and deficits for fuels with higher carbon scores. Transportation fuel producers and importers would have to offset deficits with the credits, which could be bought on the secondary market. It also includes a price cap of $200 a ton in 2018 dollars starting in 2023. After that, the cap will increase by the rate of federal consumer price index for urban consumers. California's LCFS program also has a price cap, and the cap today is about $222 a ton. So in the cap and trade episode, our colleagues discussed how when Governor Inslee of Washington State signed this legislation into law in May, he vetoed a provision that said the cap and trade program and LCFS program would only be enforced if a transportation bill passed by the end of next year and only if it included a fuel tax of at least five cents per gallon. Can you speak about what that veto could mean for LCFS? Is there a concern that it will face legal challenges, um, which could then potentially delay the program? What, What can you tell us there? There's no final decision on that at this point, but it is very likely to face a legal challenge. The key here is that the legal questions are not around the functioning of the clean fuels or cap and trade programs, but about the governor's legal authority to veto anything in the manner that he did. The state Supreme Court heard arguments in early June uh, on a similar case, a similar issue. They've not issued an opinion on that case, but precedent suggests that the programs could move forward under the terms Inslee approved while the other legal questions are addressed. And in Washington state, it was third time's a charm for the proponents of an LCFS getting the standard across the finish line this year. In New York state, proponents of a clean fuel standard tried last year to get an LCFS passed. It was derailed as the state needed to focus time and attention on addressing the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, And then they tried again this year. So can you tell us a bit about what happened in this year's legislative session? Well, the legislative session closed on 10 June without a vote on an LCFS proposal. The bill to have a 20% reduction in transportation fuel carbon intensity by 2030 stalled in environmental committees and just never made it out of there. And what were the hurdles on that? Why didn't it make it out? 
Well, environmental justice considerations have gained a lot of clout, particularly under President Joe Biden's administration. And there are philosophical differences among those groups about programs that concede the continued use of liquid fuels and, and a real suspicion of both market-based approaches and the temptation of future governments to divert the funds that those programs raise. So LCFS proponents know that they need to overcome these suspicions to move the program forward. And, and what are the next steps for an LCFS in New York? Yeah, so I spoke to bill sponsor New York Assemblywoman Carrie Warner about that earlier in the summer, and she plans to build more support for a state LCFS over the course of the year and to bring the legislation back in January. Um, and so she recognizes some of the difficulties or concerns about the program and says that she also supports a path to full electrification, but that an LCFS program is how you bridge that gap continuing to use internal combustion engines as uh, as you try to build out an electrified transportation system. That's a view that's been echoed by other LCFS programs in and out of the state. Biofuel producers and electric car manufacturers have thrown their support behind this clean fuel standard. And as we saw in Washington, sometimes it can just take a few years to get these through. Thanks for that update. Let's go north from Washington state up to Canada. Um, can you tell us a bit about Canada's clean fuel standard and what we can expect to see there? Canada ended its consultation period on its draft clean fuel standard this week, and depending on the timing of an expected round of elections late this summer, we could see the fruits of that consultation period and a better picture of how the program is going to move forward in the fall. Programs due to begin in December 2022. And what are some other states to keep an eye on for, for future clean fuels programs? Well, New Mexico's leadership remains very committed to a low-carbon fuels program after the proposal failed in their most recent legislative session. Uh, the governor's office sees this program as both an environmental and an economic opportunity, a, a way to recruit new technology or other employers to the state. Minnesota did not approve a low-carbon fuel standard this session, uh, but agribusiness and biofuels business in the state mean that that is going to continue to be of interest there. Let's turn now to the LCFS programs that are currently in force, California and Oregon. Um, starting first with California, where have we seen credit prices recently and what are market participants focused on right now? Prop prices in the forward quarters have been assessed in the low 180s a ton in recent sessions. And the market's watching progress on a series of new credit generation sources, including renewable natural gas and renewable diesel from converted petroleum refining units. Uh, that are expected to start adding credits through the next year and beyond. And a lot of eyes are on future EV growth as well. There's still a lot of uncertainty on the demand side at this point, too. Something that we're frequently asked about at Argus is the outlook for post-2030 with the California LCFS. Um, what can you tell us about those post-2030 carbon intensity targets? Well, CARB is using its scoping plan process right now to help develop the state's path to carbon neutrality by 2045. It's analyzing both the current and the new policies to meet a target set by former Governor Jerry Brown back in 2018. CARB will then set post-2030 carbon intensity targets following the scoping plan, and some market participants expect very aggressive post-2030 targets to help meet those climate goals. At this stage, though, we can't say precisely what those targets are going to look like until we see what comes out of the scoping plan process and the subsequent rulemaking. And what about Oregon? What's in store for that state's clean fuels program? Oregon begins its rulemaking to expand the clean fuels program, their LCFS, this year. Uh, now, it has a mandate from the governor to do so. Governor Kate Brown issued an executive order last March, among other things, directing the Department of Environmental Quality to extend the LCFS and to reduce the carbon intensity of their transportation fuels by 25% by 2035. 
DEQ's next rulemaking meeting is in early November. Uh, the agency earlier this year approved updates to the CFP that aim to increase the supply of compliance credits from electric transportation. Oregon, similar to California, is really focused on this and trying to, to drive electrification of their transportation fleet. And lastly, what about linkage of all these LCFS programs, both current and future? I mean, at the moment, California and Oregon operate independently, but is the linkage uh, something in the cards, something we could see in the future? Really, LCFS programs appear unlikely to link in the near future just because there are so many hurdles, including differences in how they credit reductions in greenhouse gas emissions from alternative fuels. They have different life cycle analysis models, and, and that's a big hurdle. There are also no provisions in the California LCFS regulation discussing how to link with Oregon or Canada or Washington now. So while this is something we're going to keep an eye on, whether credits in one program could end up in another, I wouldn't expect to see it anytime soon. Thanks very much, Elliot. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please be sure to tune in for the other episodes in this mini series. And for more information on Argus's emissions coverage, including our LCFS coverage, please visit argusmedia.com forward slash emissions forward slash air daily. Thank you for listening.